Welcome to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Connie and Barry Strom. Your hosts are here to speak the words of the spirits and answer your questions. Now, here are Connie and Barry. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife. I'm Barry Strom, your host, and I will be speaking the words of the spirits this afternoon. And I'm Connie Strom, your co-host. Last week, we discussed depression and suicide. We spoke with the spirits of two famous individuals that committed suicide, Naomi Judd and Robin Williams. If you know anyone suffering depression or intense grief, please tell them about the show. You might save their life. They explained in detail the reasons that an individual should never take one's own life. The show is available in the Voice America archives. All of our shows are also available on our YouTube channel in the name of Barry Strome. At the current time, we have over 500 videos on our YouTube channel that cover all aspects of life after death. Our goal on this show is to explore all aspects of the afterlife. Today, we're going to channel the spirits of three very famous artists, Leonardo da Vinci, Pierre-Auguste Renoir, and Salvador Dali, three of the greatest art talents that ever lived. They will discuss their works and why art is so important for the advancement of humans. We're going to start by speaking with the spirit of Pierre Renoir, the great Impressionist painter. Pierre was a French artist, born in 1841 and died in 1919. He was a leading painter in developing the Impressionist style. Female nudes were one of his primary subjects, and many of his works were snapshots of real life, full of color, full of life, just beautiful works. His oil paintings have sold for almost $80 million for the best one. And that's pretty good. Pierre, thank you so much for enjoying for joining us. Uh, what was it like trying to make a living as a painter in the late 1800s? It was a very difficult way to make a living. We had to sell our work. We would try to do patrons. One of the best ways to sell our work in those days was to be a portrait painter. There were individuals that would pay great amounts of money to have their family members made into oil paintings. It was, it was a wonderful time. I had many wonderful friends. It was a time of new beginnings. We had many artists of different styles. We were trying to break away from the classic style. Many before us had printed, had painted images of individuals. Many had done specialties in religious artwork. But we started to make life as it was. Paris in those days was a magnificent town to live in. We partied. We had great friendships. We tried to bring some of those events to life on canvas. So it was a difficult time, but a wonderful time. You were instrumental in developing the Impressionist style, along with Van Gogh, Monet, Manet, Degas, and others. 
What was it like knowing those artists? It was good. It was fun. But as with many great talents, some of them did have, I would guess you would call them ego or emotional problems. Many of them did not realize that they were being affected by the lead in the paints they were using. So they were basically wonderful people. Some, yes, some of them did have jealousies of others. But in general, it was a fantastic time. Why do you consider art important for the evolution of humans? Art brings enjoyment. Art brings a happiness to the soul. Many people have incredible talent. In my time, there were no cameras to take pictures. It was a time that photography was very elemental. We could bring great detail and color. We could try to show you the lives, the happiness that people around us were enjoying. The human soul needs to find enjoyment. It needs to relax. It needs to do things that bring the soul happiness. You're currently living in very difficult times, just as we did. It was not a France in the 19th century was not an easy place to live. It was a place of beauty, but there were many problems. Today, you are faced with many different types of problems. You have evolution, you have pollution, you have wars. We had wars. That was not a new thing to us. Europe was always fighting among itself. The country seemed they could never get along. But today, you need to do things that relax the mind. If you listen to many of your modern mediums, such as social media, your news agencies, you will hear many things that cause depression. If you look at a wonderful piece of artwork, you will see very little that depresses you. Much of our work was different. We were trying new styles. We were trying different style, different ways of, of bringing you the beauty that was around us. Today, you need that beauty more than ever. Many of you live in these large cities. You do not see the countryside, the flowers, the mountains. Many of you live in your automobiles trying to get to work. You go to work. You come home. There's very little beauty in your lives. Art is true beauty. There are many, many different styles of art to look at and many, many ways to enjoy beauty. I totally agree with you.
What was the apprentice system like during the middle of the 19th century? By the 19th century, the apprentice system system had softened from what it was in the Middle Ages or in earlier times. In earlier times, apprentices were much like indentured servants. You would be committed for a period of time. You would work. You would do much of the work. In our time, apprenticing was more of a learning system. We would work with some of the famous artists of the time. They would show us the technique. We would practice the techniques. And we would try to emulate what they were doing. It was not such a cut and dried system as it was in the earlier days. How did the work of Camille Pizarro and Eduardo Manet affect your style of painting? They were some of the pioneers in what you would refer to as in the impressionistic style. Camille and Edouard were incredible artists. They knew what they were trying to accomplish. They also would help others. They would show the younger artists different techniques, ways of envisioning things, how to make your sketches and how to make your artwork come to life and look realistic. They were very good with the use of colors. They knew exactly what they were trying to accomplish, and they were not afraid to help others. I spent time with them, and I learned from them. They were magnificent artists, and they were magnificent individuals. Indeed. How successful were you in your early career as a painter? In the beginning, it was difficult getting started. The Impressionist style did not catch on immediately with the people of France. We had to try to work together. Many of us would put our artwork into displays. Impressionism in its early days was shunned by many of the other artists of the time. We would do shows of Impressionism by itself. We would not do some of the things that the others were doing to sell the paintings. But people came to our exhibits. They learned to love our work. And there was a time that it became quite popular and we had many patrons. Many of your paintings were portraits. How did they contribute to your ability to sell your paintings? As I spoke earlier, there were many patrons that would like to have members of their family. Keep in mind that photographs were very primitive at the time. We could take an individual and paint a portrait and show life and color, show a wonderful expression. So there were patrons that had money at the time, and they definitely would come forward. The more portraits that we could pre-sell, the better of a standard of living that we could have. 
How did the rheumatoid arthritis affect your painting? Greatly. I was deeply affected by rheumatoid arthritis. It affected my hands. I reached a point that I would have to tie the brush to my hand. I could, I would need people to assist me with mixing my paints and with doing many of the things that I had done through the years. Rheumatoid arthritis is a very dehabilitating disease, and I did not let it stop me. I tried to set an example that even though you are in constant pain and you do not recognize the shape of your body any longer, that you still can continue to create and to create happiness for people. Yeah. Why did you stop working in the Impressionist style? I felt that I needed to widen my, my patron base. The classic style allowed me to make portraits, and that was highly profitable during my time. I also felt that Impressionism was more of a fad, and I could see that individuals were tiring of the style. So I did convert back to a more classic style of painting. Who did you consider the most talented Impressionist artist? I think I'm standing here with probably the most talented of them. Pierre made many, many oil paintings. His fame continues today. His work is beautiful. It is something that has endured through the time. I think that while many of my friends were very, very talented, that probably his work is the most outstanding. Did you ever think that your work would have such lasting popularity? I thought that it would have lasting popularity. I thought that it would last forever. I, I felt that much of what I did was very good. Some of it was more commercial, but I felt that I probably had a talent that was as good, if not better, than anyone else's. You thought correctly. <laughs> Many of the artists of your time were affected by lead in the paint that you used. Did you ever have any effects of lead poisoning? I think I had some minor effects. I believe that possibly the lead in the paint was part of what led to the rheumatoid arthritis that haunted me so much in my life. I felt that there were many things that we did not understand. I watched as many of my friends seemed to have developed emotional problems. I never realized that it could be caused by the paint that we were using. As you watch from the other side, what do you think of modern artists? I know that there are artists today that 
are capable of incredible detail in their work. It is very, very hard today to do original work because so many artists have gone before. I think that there are modern artists with talent, but I feel that it will be very difficult for any of them to achieve the fame that many of us had. I know that there are brilliant people out there, and I know there are many talents, but I feel that in the future, it's going to be very difficult to duplicate the work of the, what my friends, the, the impressionists accomplished. Yeah, I've really enjoyed speaking with you. Uh, do you have a final message for us? Yes, I do. I would like you all to take time to understand and appreciate fine art. The artists that worked in the past had were pioneers. They had to develop techniques, ideas, concepts. They had to make a living. Artistry and past times were compromised. Sometimes you could do what pleased yourself as an artist, and sometimes you had to do what pleased your patrons because they're the ones that paid and they're the ones that allowed us the lifestyle that we had. Fine art in all forms, be it dancing, be it ceramics, should be appreciated. It should bring joy to people. It should bring relaxation. If you understand how much work and ingenuity went into much of the art, then you will find a new appreciation for life as well. So thank you for allowing me to come through today. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you, Pierre. Okay, guys. Thank you so much, Pierre. Thank you for speaking with us. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll be with Leonardo da Vinci. Connie and Barry will be back after a few words from our sponsors. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Is death the end of the journey of the soul or a time of new beginnings? Is there proof of an afterlife? What would historic figures say if they lived today? Psychic and channeler Barry Strom uses his gift of spirit communication to answer these questions and explore all aspects of the hereafter. Have all the information necessary not to fear life's final journey. Tune in to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Connie and Barry Strom. Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. 
Psychic and author Barry Strom has now published nine books dealing with supernatural subject from ghosts to aliens. His most recent books, Messages of God and Messages of the Prophet Muhammad for a Modern World, bring you the channeled messages of the founders of Christianity and Islam. Their words are intended to guide their followers through these modern times. These books are available in softcover and ebook on Amazon.com. Signed copies of all of Strom's books are available on his website, www.barrystrom.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife. Here are your hosts, Connie and Barry Strom. Welcome back, everybody, and thank you for tuning in. I hope you're enjoying today's show. We're talking to some of the greatest artists that ever lived. In this segment, we're going to channel with the spirit of Leonardo da Vinci. Leonardo was born in 1452 and died in 1519, which was one of the most exceptional times in art history. During the period 1490-1520, God blessed the world with da Vinci, Michelangelo, Raphael, Bramante. Leonardo was a genius who not only worked with oil paintings, but he was a scientist who studied anatomy, botany, paleontology, astronomy, and I could go on with more. If you look at the images that he sketched, the work that he did, absolutely phenomenal for a person to be able to accomplish this work, especially coming out of the Dark Ages and Middle Ages. His best-known works probably are The Last Supper and The Mona Lisa. So, Leonardo, thank you so much for coming with us today. And, Connie, let's do the questions. Yes, Leonardo, the beginning of the Renaissance overlaps with the end of the Middle Ages, and it's generally attributed to the 15th century. What was it like growing up during this time period? Physically, it was a very difficult time. Many children would die. Medical science was in its infancy. The plagues, the illnesses, the filth, individuals would throw their bathroom remains into the street. It was physically a very, very difficult time unless you were in the upper generation of people if you were middle age or a poor person it was incredibly difficult it was a time of learning it was a time of reading the books of the great greek philosophers the roman philosophers it was a time of incredible growth It was a time where beauty started to thrive in art. It was, it could have been the best of times or it could have been the worst of times for people. Hmm. That phrase sounds familiar. 
How did the attitude of Christians and the church change in the transition from the Middle Ages to the Renaissance? The attitude of the church started to liberalize. Many of the other Gospels began to be read. They brought different interpretations into the possibility of the life of Jesus. The church during the Dark Ages and Middle Ages was the supreme power. They had incredible abilities to make their will felt upon the people. The churches started to compete for works of art. If you look at the work that we mostly did in those days, it is all religious. Michelangelo, the great work that he did in the chapel, the works that we painted, you will see that most of them are either religious-related portraits or scenes of the grandeur of heaven and God. It was a time where the churches started to want beauty. They wanted to decorate their facilities. And it was a time that technologies allowed different types of construction. Will you tell us about your early life and education? Everything was taught by either family members. There were some institutions, some schools where you could, could attend, but that was for the well-to-do. Generally, educations came through apprenticeships. Your family would basically make you an, a servant to an individual with a, with a trade. As I grew up, there were individuals that would accept me. I had talent in drafting and in painting abilities. And I was apprenticed to individuals that taught me what I needed to know to advance. Did you have any psychic abilities? I would have dreams. I would see things. I would have individuals come to me as I was resting and clearing my mind. I would actually see angels in my mind. I did not realize that those abilities were different from others in the beginning, but they would help me. They would show me the way to accomplish situations. The art of creating beauty is very, very difficult. I was given an incredible gift by God. I tried to do my best to make images that would, would please him, but I also had to work with patrons that would pay for my work and allow me to basically pay my bills and do what I needed to do. 
Will you explain the artist apprenticeship system during your lifetime? It was very strict. An artist, and I'm going to speak in terms of art, artist apprenticeships, they would allow you to come into their homes. They would feed you. In the beginning, you were basically just an assistant. You would run the errands. You would mix the paint. You would do all the menial tasks. You would do all that you were asked. You would basically not receive pay for what you did in the beginning. In return, the artist would train you in basics. He would show you how to sketch, how to find depth in your work, how to blend colors. He would do all of the things, and he would slowly lead you through the process of becoming an accomplished artist. It would take many years. It was not uncommon that individuals in their 20s would still be working as apprentices. There was so much to learn to be a, a true artist. And I was lucky enough to be around many people that taught me the what I needed to know. During your lifetime, how did artists earn a living? They would have patrons. In those days, there were very few simple individuals that would buy artwork so that you would go, you would try to apply for patronage from different politicians or church members. Many of the jobs during my lifetime came from different religious organizations. I was lucky enough to be liked by the Medici family. They would give me many different jobs and help with my life. But you were basically dependent upon the rich. What were your beliefs about God? I believe very strongly in God. In those days, the church was emphatic about using their sacraments to worship God. I knew that there was a supreme being, and I actually felt that I was blessed in many ways by God to be able to do many of the things that I did, but I never had had any doubts. Why do you consider art important for the evolution of humans? Art, in my time, help people to believe in spirituality and God. As time progressed, different styles of art brought different types of techniques, different ways of looking at things. But art allows people to, to relax. It is very interesting to study the history of art, history of the different styles, but humans, humans need a type of entertainment that fulfills the soul. Very true. Probably your most famous work is the Mona Lisa. 
Will you tell us about the preparation and the execution of that painting? The Mona Lisa was a, is obviously a, a small portrait. The woman that I was painting was a wonderful lady. She had this inner glow. She had this smile that would just bring joy to your heart when you looked at her. It took me many years to accomplish that image. I would try different ways, different looks at it. We made, I made many sketches, but I think that it represents one of my finest works. And I'm amazed at the popularity that it still has today. I never thought while I was living that my work would ever gain the popularity and the value, especially the value. I feel that God blessed me and he blessed the work that I did. So how are you feeling about the popularity of that painting today? I can't believe it. I never, ever thought that individuals would still honor my work after so many hundreds of years. Where did you get the concept for the painting, The Last Supper? I thought that The Last Supper had great significance. I imagined Jesus preparing his disciples for the fact that he would be leaving them. I felt that it was important to try to get the Last Supper in a different style. I wondered, well, I knew from the Gospels that Jesus had told his disciples that somebody was going to was going to turn their back on him. I felt that he would have said that at the Last Supper, the last time he was with them. And I wanted to try to get that concept, how those individuals would have reacted to that news. So that was what was going through my mind when I did the work. So that was sort of a hidden meaning in the Last Supper. Were there any other hidden meanings? I thought that some of the Gnostic Gospels that I had access to hinted at a relationship with Mary Magdalene. So I did try to perhaps add a few thoughts into the artwork. What was your opinion of Michelangelo? Michelangelo was an incredible talent. His work was as fine as any I had ever seen. I thought that he was probably the outstanding artist of my time. He was dedicated to his work, and that is about as much praise as I can think of to give him. Okay. <laughs> the next subject matter just blew me away when I heard, uh, heard about it. In addition to being a fantastic artist, Many of your engineering designs included concepts far into the future, such as flying machines, armored fighting machines, and even a form of a helicopter. Where did such futuristic concepts come from? 
They came to me in dreams. I would see things I did not understand much of what I saw. I had, I guess you would call it an amazing analytical ability. I thought that I would be able to come up with concepts that would be much different. It would possibly lead for people forward. I also I came up with concepts far beyond the technology that was available to me. And I guess that I did some very futuristic thing for my time. You did indeed. What's your opinion of our modern world? The modern world is very dangerous for humans. Technologies have grown far beyond anything we ever imagined. The ability to kill one another, the dangers of the immense economies, simply the number of people on your planet. It is a time of great danger, and I would hope that people understand that and work towards coexistence and love. Otherwise, human evolution may come to a rapid end. Thank you so much, Leonardo, for coming to us today. Uh, do you have a closing message for our listeners? Yes, I would like to thank you so much for allowing me to speak once more. We rarely get this opportunity from this side. God blessed me in many, many ways. He gave me a mind that was capable of looking into the future. He gave me a great talent for painting. I want you all to understand the fact that it is only through the blessings of God that you can accomplish such things as I did. It is only through his blessings that I was able to accomplish things that would endure for hundreds and hundreds of years. I hope that all of you take a step back, understand that it is only through his blessings that humans can continue to advance and to do all of the things that will be required into the future. So thank you for allowing me to speak. Thank you for allowing me to come through. And know it is only through God's blessings that all this is possible. Thank you. Thank you, Leonardo. Okay. A great spirit, strong energy. Let's take another short break. And when we come back, we're going to be with Salvador Dali. I'm looking forward to this. Connie and Barry will be back after a few words from our sponsors. A little birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Psychic and author Barry Strom has now published nine books dealing with supernatural subject from ghosts to aliens. His most recent books, Messages of God and Messages of the Prophet Muhammad for a Modern World, bring you the channeled messages of the founders of Christianity and Islam. Their words are intended to guide their followers through these modern times. These books are available in softcover and ebook on Amazon.com. Signed copies of all of Strom's books are available on his website, www.barrystrom.com. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Is death the end of the journey of the soul or a time of new beginnings? Is there proof of an afterlife? 
What would historic figures say if they lived today? Psychic and channeler Barry Strom uses his gift of spirit communication to answer these questions and explore all aspects of the hereafter. Have all the information necessary not to fear life's final journey. Tune in to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Connie and Barry Strom. Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife. Have a question for Barry or their guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for sticking with us. We're about to channel with the spirit of Salvador Dali, an incredible talent, incredible artist. He was born in 1904, died in 1989. Spanish artist known for his painting style as a surrealist, worked as a painter, graphic artist, sculptor, ceramic artist, highly talented in many, many different areas. He also lived a very, very unique and often a bit ostentatious lifestyle. So, Connie, let's begin. <laughs> Leonardo, thank you for being here today. Uh, oh, my gosh, Salvador, I'm so sorry. Huh? I'm, I'm old. Forgive <laughs> me. Um, will you please describe your early life in Spain? Growing up in, Sta- in Spain, it was a difficult time. We had wars. First World War, we tried to stay out of it. There was the Spanish Civil War. But Spain is a magnificent country. I cannot speak of it well enough. I loved it. The Catalonia, the wonderful ocean, the seafood, all the food, the people. It was an incredible place. Sometimes my art would turn off a few of the people in Spain. I enjoyed my youth. I was very, very lucky in growing up. I was well ed- I was well educated. I read, I studied. My life my life was very good. I've been to Spain and I totally agree with you. It's a wonderful country. Salvador, did you have psychic abilities? Yes, I would see these things. I would have these bizarre dreams. And, and I would actually see things. I would hear things. I would look at things differently. I was, God gifted me with a high intellectual ability. And I would see things differently than others. He gifted me with this incredible talent. 
I could paint, I could draw, I could do many, many different things. And I guess my work was a result in some ways of the abilities that you would refer to as psychic. What styles were you drawn to in your early works? Well, I was drawn to Impressionism. I mean, that was the big deal in my youth. The Impressionists had been very famous in the prior years. Realism is always something that you look at. But as I said, I draw, I looked at things differently. I felt that a way to express yourself was in many different ways, not the way other people looked at things. I was drawn to cubism. That was a very, very different style in my youth. If you look at some of my early works, you will see examples of how it influenced me. The cubists, I evolved towards them. I felt that I wanted to do different things. What drew you to surrealism? Surrealism reflected the way that I looked at things. Now, I know when you look at my work, you're going to say, <laughs> no one could possibly look at things like that. But it was different. It was a challenge. It was a different way. It was a much different art form. Until the surrealists came along, things were pretty standard. Yeah, we had the, the cubists. We had the impressionists. We had many, many different styles. But the most unique way I think that art has ever been exhibited was with the Surrealists. Could you kind of give a description of that for our listeners who are not familiar with your work? Surrealism can be whatever you want it to be. I looked at it, sometimes people would think it was erotic. Sometimes people would think it was not suitable for view. But I looked at life differently. I lived my life to the fullest. I did things other people wouldn't do. So I tried to reflect some of my beliefs and some of my ways of doing things on in through my art. What made you decide that you wanted to earn a living as an artist? I, I guess you could refer to my personality as a bit different. I wanted to live a unique lifestyle. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. I did not know if we were going to be able to make a living in the beginning. I knew that should my art fail, there would be other things that I could do. I did different things. I love ceramics. I did different art styles in different ways. I thought that there would be a market for uniqueness. And I think you have to admit that my style was a bit unique. Certainly was. So you would describe yourself as being a bit eccentric? I think that's conservative. <laughs> I tried to bring attention to myself. I felt to by living an eccentric lifestyle, I would bring public attention and people would want to buy my artwork. So I 
I was, I guess, what you could refer to as a free spirit. How were you affected by the Spanish Civil War? I tried to stay out of it, but my friends, I had friends that were killed. One of my best friends died in the Civil War. I thought that it changed my way of thinking at times. There were brutalities that I reflected in some of my art pieces. But I, in general, I started, tried to stay away from it. What effect did Sigmund Freud have on your life? Quite a bit. Sigmund Freud dealt with dreams. I had a lot of some of the most bizarre dreams that I wound up reflecting. I thought that Sigmund Freud, through his study of dreams, allowed me to become a better artist. I tried more to reflect things that I dreamed of. To be original, you have to be, you have to dream. You have to think outside of the envelope. You have to do many things. And Freud introduced me to understanding many of the things that were taking place in my mind at night. Could you go into a little more detail on describing exactly what the cubist style of art is and how that did affect your early works? You would break things up into into rectangular or triangle subjects. You would look, use a different perspective for each of those different shapes and forms. And you would try to bring it together into a piece that would bring all those concepts together. It was actually a very difficult form to work in. Okay. Why do you think art is a critical to the evolution of humans? I think that art makes you think. It makes you use your mind. Many people could care less about art, and they don't use their minds. If a person is curious, wants to know how other people think, wants to relax their mind, wants to enjoy themselves, then art is incredibly different. What were your beliefs in God at the different times of your life? I went through different stages in my life and my belief structure. When you grow up in Spain, you're Catholic, you enjoy God, you see many great works, many historic works. But as I became involved in some of my other beliefs and ways of life, I felt that it was there was no true proof that God existed. I drew away from him. And then when I returned to Spain later in life, I drew myself back to him. I started to understand that it was uh, what I was accomplishing was only through his blessings. Hey, what was your opinion of Pablo Picasso? I loved him. I thought he was a great artist. I thought that much of his work was incredible. He worked in different styles as well. He combined different techniques. He was very, very talented. He was a great mind. He did many, many things that uh, I was envious of. Many of your pieces of artwork include melting watches. What was your fascination with melting watches? 
I felt that there was the time was not a as a linear dimension. I understood, I guess, through my psychic abilities, that time on the other side doesn't exist. And I had received such messages, so I tried to show a different way of looking at time in my artwork. Salvador, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, do you have a final message for our listeners? Yes. Thank you so much for allowing me to come through. It's not often we get a chance to speak. I tried to live my life differently. I tried to do different types of work in my art. I tried to make people think. When you look at my artwork, you got to you have to think to understand it. You may say, what in the world was he thinking? But you use your mind. My work is different. If you look at it, you will understand that. If you look at my work, you will know that there is no way that external influences are not available through the blessings of God. So thank you very much for allowing me to come through. I thank you for your time. Take a look at my work, and then you will try to understand me. <laughs> I've spent many hours looking at your work. <laughs> okay, guys. Next week, we're going to devote our show to coexistence and violence between religions. Our special guest will be Sanjay Darla. He's a Christian minister from India. He lives every day with the violence between the members of his Christian church and the Hindu religion. Please tell your friends about the show. It's going to be extremely interesting, and you will enjoy hearing what he has to say. I know I did not understand all the problems going on over in India. It's, it's a good show. Thank you. Now, if you follow my show, you know we've been channeling archangels. I'm preparing to release my 10th book, Modern Messages of the Archangel. In this book, you will we bring you the channeled messages of 20 different archangels. It'll be available on Amazon and on my website, barrystrom.com, in soft cover and an ebook. I'd like to thank you all for joining us on the Voice America Variety Radio Network today. Please tell your friends about our show. If you'd like to see more of our channelings, as we said before, we have over 500 videos on our YouTube channel, which is in the name of Barry Strome. Our videos cover every aspect of the afterlife. And I would like to thank all of you that tune in and listen to us. I see that our listenership is increasing, and we appreciate it. Our show is different. Many people can't believe what we do, but it's the truth. I can speak these words. God has blessed me in many ways. So please tell your friends about our show. Join us each Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific time on the Voice America Variety Network. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Connie and Barry Strom. Tune in next week for another informative and inspiring episode on the Voice America Variety Channel at 9 a.m. Pacific Time.